Welcome to Real to Real with Michelle and Peter. Welcome back, everybody. Today we have with us Teresa Donahoe. And she's got a really interesting stance on one of my favorite movies we're going to get into in a little bit. But Teresa, hi, and thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, do you want to start by just filling us in about yourself a little bit before we get into the good goods? <laughs> uh, my name is Teresa Donahoe. I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, I grew up here and I still live here. And I'm a Bay Area actress and an all-around creative person who happened to work on a very special movie. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, And I'm just going to say it right now. You worked on Scream from the 90s, the very first one in 96. That's right. I'm an OG. Yeah. Was that amazing (laughs) for you? Well, I mean, we didn't know it at the time, right? Right, right. No, I mean, I didn't, when I went to see it, I didn't even know it at the time. I kind of fell into go seeing it because what I went to see, I didn't want to see once we got in there. And my friend and I was like, we were like, let's just go see what else starts like right about now. Mm-hmm. And we hopped over like three theaters down. And all of a sudden there's this ringing phone and I drag her. I'm like, sit down. What is this? And it was Drew and I, I've been hooked since. So that is such a great story. I love that. You stumbled upon it. I stumbled upon it. We went to go see like Beavis and Butthead do America. (laughs) And I walked in and I just looked at her. I'm like, we cannot sit through this. So off we went. And I mean, really, it's like, that's like, that's how my history and my love of it began. And my jaw was just like, (gasps) oh, because it did, it just reinvigorated like horror for me. And it made it fun, which Mm -hmm. made it fun for a younger audience, I think, Mm -hmm. where you want to introduce them to like horror, but not really creep them out too much because it's not just slasher slasher, like a lot of like a lot of comedy in it, Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, Jamie Kennedy, I mean, and Matthew Lillard. I mean, they're both just hysterical guys. So, I mean, yes. Oh, so I was going to say is that when you said a lot of comedy in it. So when we were filming it on set before the internet, (laughs) figured 1996. So the Hollywood Reporter was the trade that listed all the movies that were filming. And on the back pages, it listed uh, movies in development, you know, movies screaming, screaming, filming. (laughs) And it said at the time it was listed as scary movie and it was listed as comedy slash horror. That was the genre it was under. And it felt like it. It really did. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Has that happened before? Yeah, I don't think so. Because all the other movies were like drama, comedy, you know, one thing or the other. Comedy slash horror. It's a great combination. (laughs) Like it really, the science of it worked so well. Like I, again, it's one... It is one of the go-to movies for me. Like, I don't tire of it. I, I love the soundtrack. I love the cast. I love I love everything about it. So it's interesting because it's it's a slasher movie, but it's not at the same time. It's it, the, the best thing. OK, my friend Anthony and I talk about this all the time, all the time, 
all we really do. It's crazy. But the nice thing about this franchise is, look, you have your Friday the 13th where it's always Jason. You have Halloween where it's always Michael. With Scream, it's always someone else. It's always Ghostface. It's Ghostface, but you... It's, <laughs> It's that Scooby-Doo mystery of who's behind the mask. Like you're it's red herring. Exactly. Like Sid's dad in the first movie, he was the red herring. But um, no, like it's just fun because you're really, especially after seeing the first one and going into the next four now, you're really trying to guess who's under that mask to begin with. So it is well, kind of a whodunit. So I don't not exactly know what the definition of a slasher movie is as as opposed to just a scary movie. I do know that it was it kept getting an NC-17 rating, so they had to keep cutting it, all of the gory stuff to get it to a rated R. So mm -hmm. it was definitely slasher in the beginning. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I just say any time there's a knife involved there's it's a slasher he does okay. he, he's not really big in the horror is that wrong no i mean no all right no no you're not wrong, you're not wrong. <laughs> or if, if a person is slashed because what and i know what you did last summer there was a fish hook ice ice pack fish hook well what would that be considered then slasher because it still went well, he'd be a hooker <laughs> i was gonna say swiper, a swiper. you're still still doing that motion with like swiping with a bladed pointy metal thing pointy metal thing yes. yeah it's not really a blade on the ice pick hook fish hook i don't even know what that is hook. but it's not a knife it's not a knife now Teresa, tell us what you did on set there because you had a very interesting role in the production of it and i think everybody would be fascinated to hear what you did so i was a stand-in for nev campbell Mm -hmm. And a stand-in is actually part of the crew. We are behind the scenes. We're not in the movie unless we are doing photo double work, which means they might use us, our hands, mm -hmm. you know, or, or film from behind with a wig on. You know, we do that too if they need us to do that. But my main job was a stand-in. And a stand-in uh, works with the lighting crew and the camera crew. And we literally stand there while they're setting up a shot, because a lot of people don't know that uh, in order to light a room or set up a shot, it could take up to an hour just to light a room. Oh, so wow. rather have the actor stand there, <laughs> they could be learning their lines, they could be getting their hair and makeup done. Mm -hmm. So they have somebody with a similar, you know, height, build, uh, complexion uh stand there like if there's a scene in the kitchen that i would stand there and nev would be getting her hair and makeup done and i would be you know or they'd be lighting the room and putting a light meter in my face oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then if there's blocking like chase scenes um with a steady cam camera right so the camera will follow you so there was a scene where the nev is running around the house well the stand-in will do that first with the camera and the cameraman will follow me and then I would run and I would touch all the parts that she touched. And it's just a rehearsal for the camera, basically, with okay. someone who's of a similar height and build. And then they mark on the ground where she needs to stop, right? Then they do that with me. They say, okay, stop right there. And then Nev comes in and she sees her marks that we've run, that the stand-in has done with the camera crew. Wow. Now, filming, filming that movie, when did that run like the filming of that ran from what to what so well my first day of filming 
um, I started, I picked up filming the second week, the first week, I think the first day might have been mid April. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if my first day was mid April. But um, so Drew did all of her scenes the very first week of filming in April. And then we wrapped in June. Okay. So April 96, April 96 to June 96. And you were there every day once you started? I was there every day except one day. That might have been the uh, video scene. I can't remember. I had one day off. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember the casting office called me before we started filming. And this never happens, by the way. Uh, um, They called me and they said, these are the days that you're working. And this is the day you have off. Usually when you work on a movie, you never know Mm -hmm. what days you're going to have off. Because you always go over, you know. Film crews always go over. And then, you know, you just keep going. That was the most organized movie set I've ever been on, that they stuck to their call times. I mean, it's it's because the assistant director was so organized. And because I think it was a lower budget movie, they couldn't afford to go over. They did go over one week of filming um, towards the end. So we actually had our wrap party before we wrapped. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, so we had our, because that's how we had planned it out. And we had a wrap party in Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. And um, it was great rap party, best rap party I've ever been to since. Uh, but then we had to go back to set. So it was a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> now with the rap party, was that your crew and cast or just crew and cast at a different party? Did you oh, get to for, mingle? Right. For the rap party, everybody was there, cast and crew. Beautiful. So that was great. Yeah. <laughs> we also had, and this has never happened since, before production even started, we had a pre-party, a pre-production a wine tasting get together at a winery and oh, I think nice. it was in Sonoma yeah and they casting called me and said oh you were invited to this you know wine tasting you know get together I guess to get to know the crew or whatever so that was before filming started and that's where I actually saw who Wes Craven was was at the winery um and that was before filming started but that was all crew there were mm-hmm. no actors there and I think I don't know, that might have been a week before filming. I'm not really sure, but but that never happens. <laughs> now, did you get to work at all one-on-one with Wes? So I mainly work with the camera crew, but mm-hmm. there were a couple of times when I was doing photo double work where there's this scene where Nev is running up the stairs because the ghost face is chasing her. And then she slams the door, her bedroom door, It's so quick. You'd never know, but it's my (laughs) hand that closes the door. (laughs) Oh, very nice. (laughs) So, but Wes had to direct me on that, which is hilarious. But he said, okay, they, I was, so we had worked a 12 hour day. And so Nev had to wrap because you can't have the actor go over 12 hours in the contract. So I was practically half asleep downstairs in the house waiting for Nev to wrap so I could wrap. And instead I heard Teresa put on Nev's sweater and come upstairs. So I went upstairs and they said, okay, we need for you to shut this door. <laughs> and so I'm like one minute I'm half asleep. And the next minute Wes Craven is telling me action. And I was so nervous oh, no. <laughs> just to shut a door. Oh my God. Which is hilarious. I've heard he's was nothing but a gentleman though. Like I heard he was such a nice man in every interview that I've listened to about him. And even like the little vignettes that I've watched, he just seems so down to earth and just like fun. Yeah, so. he 
super mellow, you know, because I I got on other movie sets after Scream, and mm -hmm. not all directors are that mellow. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he was just very, you know, very even tempered, mm -hmm. and then and he would only do like two or three takes and then move on. You know, some directors you they'll want to do twenty takes, yeah. but he would just he would do okay, that's good. Let's do it again. One more for safety. And then we moved on, you know, and it's probably oh. like, we only have so much money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But he knows what he wants. And the script was so tight and it was cast so well mm -hmm. that he could do that. You know, two, three takes, let's move on. He was always even tempered. He never raised his voice oh, and got nice. along great with the assistant director, uh, Nick Mastandrea. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, they were just like, a great team and so it was just it was a well-oiled machine i'll say that now was that the first time you ever did anything like that was that your first experience scream was the first movie i ever did stand and work on i had just the only thing i'd done before that was i was an extra mm -hmm. like in a couple of movies and that was it so it's still fun though like that's yeah, still I, fun i i feel like i went to film school <laughs> like <laughs> you know because i was there from pretty much the beginning all the way to rap i feel like i had graduated yeah when i got off that set like how a movie works what people's mm -hmm. jobs are you know i mean everything that goes into it i just i felt like i had just uh, yeah like i felt like i went to film school it was just such a educational experience because i was so naive and green when i stepped on set i didn't know what i was doing and then by the end i was like oh yeah i got this <laughs> you were a paid intern <laughs> totally oh, <laughs> big time paid apprentice now you say you said you still act currently correct what do you what do you do now like is there anything we can see you in or is it all like theater where unless you're where you are we're not going to catch you yeah, I mainly do theater now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in uh, San Francisco Bay Area. I'm working on a one woman show right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, it's autobiographical or semi autobiographical. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Most of my dates are in the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. So like I have a, a performance coming up uh, next week, just an excerpt of my show, but then I'll, mm -hmm. my entire show is 60 minutes and I'll do the entire show in uh, Marin County. And then I'll do it again in San Francisco in May. But yeah, everything is is in the Bay Area. That's amazing, though. Congratulations on that for sure. Thank you. Any plans to film it and put it out or keep it strictly live in person? Well, right now, yeah, it's weird. Filming theater for me is weird because <laughs> you just don't get the energy. But you know, it would be it would be better to adapt it to a film where you can get proper sound and coverage. But when people uh, film live performance for me, it kind of saps the energy from unless you're actually there. So, I mean, lots of people film their um, their performances because it's good to have that tape and you can show people this is what I can do. Mm -hmm. So and I, I do I have one recording of my show. I performed it in Fresno at a fringe festival and someone recorded the whole thing so i have the tape of it <laughs> that's kind of fun though did you like so, watching it no i can't i can't stand watching myself <laughs> oh really that's yeah crazy. no lots I of think... actors don't we don't like watching ourselves some do good for them <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard because you really learn a lot by watching yourself mm -hmm. so i have to make myself watch myself but it's very painful i'm just like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's crazy um i was just gonna say so 
Scream wraps, and then do you get a call back for Scream 2, or had you, um, I want to say apply, auditioned uh, for Scream 2, or were you just um, doing other things at that point? So, yeah, so Scream wrapped, and then, and then, you know, it was this hit. There wasn't uh, any talks at the time after it wrapped about doing a sequel that I heard, but I mean, who am I? No one's going to tell me anything. But but then I heard as it, you know, it became a sleeper hit or whatever, that there would be a sequel. And then I found out about the sequel, but it was filming in LA and I'm in the Bay Area. So I was like, well, I, I, you know, like I submitted to casting, but it's such a long shot. It's like, why would they, you know, pick me or whatever? So I didn't really push that because I, I didn't, you know, I'm not, I wasn't in LA. So, but, you know, I just, you know, kept tabs on it, but it's fine i know that when we spoke before you said that you actually worked with nev one other time after scream oh right so uh so she was in a tv show called party of five and um so we wrapped scream and then the casting office called me and said we want to know if you want to stand in for her for a week on the tv show party of five in san francisco because party of five shot their exteriors in San Francisco and the rest of the and their interiors in LA Mm -hmm. so they were only in San Francisco for a week and they would shoot all their exteriors for the entire season oh wow (laughs) yeah so they were running around and television so that I had a bit of a culture shock because feature film uh the pace is slower than television Mm -hmm. so I say sure of course and so I um I show up to set a party five and it's like, quick, we need you now. We need you now. We need you now. <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> it was like so fast. And uh, so that was a real culture shock for me. But yeah, I stood in for her on party of five and I was standing there and she saw me. And then she said, did you work on scream? And it took me a minute to just think about what she was asking me because they had just changed the name of the movie. And oh, I was, was going to be scary a movie. scary movie because yeah. it hadn't come out yet. And she said, mm-hmm. oh, did you work on Scream? And Scream was like, it got renamed like halfway through filming. And I just still wasn't used to it. So mm-hmm. when she said that to me, it took me a minute. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, part of the reason why she asked me was she said, I didn't know that. I didn't know if it was you or not. But then I saw the pants. So she had worn these pants on set for the party scene. And I bought a pair <laughs> after we had wrapped. They have like sometimes after a movie wraps, they have a big old like garage sale, right? You know, we must sell everything. So wardrobe was like, I'll sell these a pair of pants uh, to you cheap. So the price tag on the pants that she had worn for the party scene, it was like over a hundred dollars. And they sold it to me for 20 bucks. Perfect. <laughs> Love that. So I called it, I called them my Nev pants. <laughs> so I wore my Nev pants on party five and then she saw the pants and then she said, Oh, you worked on scream. <laughs> That's so much fun though. It's like you guys connected <laughs> over the, the pants, pants. <laughs> which is great though. You know, because now- that scene, you know, <laughs> scene, people die, people live. I mean, it just went forever. So she was in those pants for a very long time. (laughs) For sure. She was. Now, um, did you, did you get to, did you get to watch all of the filming or were you, you whisked away somewhere else once your part was done until they needed you again? Uh, It's both. And it depends on if there's room for everybody to watch some, uh, if there's a lot of room, you can gather around 
and watch mm -hmm. or look through the monitor. If mm -hmm. it's a tight space, you have to step out. Okay. So it just depends. So the house was so big for uh, Stu's party scene that you could pretty much watch everything, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, because it's a big house. So you could yeah. see it or you could look through a monitor. Um, but if there was scenes that were tighter space, I'd have to step outside and just listen for uh, when they would need me again. You know, now, did, so. you, did you get to buddy up with anybody on set that was actually in the movie? Because I know that you also said that it's not necessarily something where what did you call it? The second team really right. interfaced with the first team a lot, but did you get to like be buddies with anybody? Interface. Yeah. Interface. Uh, well, I didn't like become like, uh, you know, besties with anybody. I mean, the person I became the, uh, the most friends with was the stand-in for Courtney Cox. Her name is Jolene Nordstrom. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I mean, her were like, we were thick as thieves Love that. <laughs> and we're still friends. Oh, that's um, perfect. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So me and her kept in touch. Um, but you know, I mean, not really. Uh, you know, the actors are, you know, they're busy, you know, you know, rehearsing or whatever. So there wasn't a lot of crossover. I don't really and I don't even really know who hung out with who among the actors, to be honest. Like I don't know who paired up or I mean, well, yeah. besides, you know, Courtney and David, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was kind so, of on the down low until the paparazzi caught them. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was a picture of them. I guess they were like flirting in a, in a restaurant in Santa Rosa. And then paparazzi got a photo of it. And then that article kind of went around set. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? <laughs> now, have you watched all of the movies or just the first one? Like, were you a fan of the first film after seeing it? So... I so here's a funny story I so scream comes out and in and in my neighborhood so I uh, live in the Bay Area but the East Bay and there was the, it it filmed limited it was like limited release at first and it was in this like I don't know what you call it like a second run theater where the movies are cheaper mm -hmm. and I think I pay two dollars wow yeah so <laughs> and so it was it's I went to, it was called the Capri Theater in Concord, and I don't think it's there anymore. And there wasn't like anybody there. So I paid my $2 or whatever, and I went in, and there wasn't hardly anyone in the theater. Oh, I yeah. sat in the back by myself, because I wanted to go by myself, so that mm -hmm. I want to have a conversation with anybody. And with the exception of the first scene, which I was so scared, because I didn't work that week, <laughs> I laughed through the whole movie. Because I was laughing. I was like, oh, I remember that day, <laughs> you know, it, and it wasn't scary for me at all, you know, because mm -hmm. I knew it was going to happen. But I thought it was like so funny and so entertaining. And I was like, oh, this turned out great. Yeah. And then it started picking up all this steam. And then my friends found out about it. And then they loved it. And then they were like, we want to see the movie with you. You know, so then I kept going back to the theater <laughs> with my friends who wanted to see it with me, you know, and it just sort awesome. of snowballed from there. And so, yes, I, you know, I loved one. Um, and I, yeah, I've seen all of them since. Mm -hmm. I think people always say, this is my favorite. That's my favorite. I feel like for me, one is my favorite. And then I really like four for some reason. And I don't good. remember why, because I've seen them all in the theater once, mm -hmm. the rest of except for one. Um, and so that was my, like, I saw two and I liked it, saw three, I liked it, saw four and went, ooh, but I can't even tell you why. I just remember really liking four. And, and then Emma I had Roberts, this, she was crazy. 
her character I don't know. I Jill was insane. Really clever. And then I just streamed five, like not too long ago. And I thought that they did that really well too. I thought that that may, that might be my third favorite. Yeah. I mean, I really, I, I enjoyed it personally. <laughs> this one, like he has this thing where he likes to pluck things out that are unrealistic in movies. Say something. Go ahead. <laughs> I know you want to. I appreciate what is it? Um, suspension of suspension of disbelief. I'm not saying it right, yeah, but it's okay. Do you want to help me? No. <laughs> I want you to get there. Fair. Um, but I, I don't remember what it was. Or actually, we watched it with hospital. We scene. watched it with Andy though. Yeah. So my brother is a nurse. And he he brought up some some issues with the sat and the hospital itself. You know where where all the nurses, <laughs> where all the lights off, where all the patients. It's a very uh, empty hospital. It is now. I went opening day and I saw it all by myself. I went to the first show of the day. I'm like, I'm going. And I was supposed to go with one of my friends, but he was sick, so he was gonna wait. And I'm like. Ah. It's like, I'll go with you again if you want, but I don't want to wait. Like, I just, I don't. So I went all by myself and I can't tell you how much I wished someone was there because like right near the beginning, I was like looking for somebody to be like, oh my gosh. When like, I was like, oh, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> there was nobody for me to grab onto and be like, are you looking at this with me? But, oh, it was so much. It was fun. It was. I thought fun. they did a great job with the opening scene. Yeah. And I don't do suspense well at all. So I had to mute the sound a couple of times. Oh, really? <laughs> but I'm like, I know what's happening. And there were so mm -hmm. many fake outs in the opening scene. They yeah. did such a good job. And I was like, whoa, I did not catch that. And I actually like that they brought the ghost of Skeet back. Yes. That's I, what I was like. Oh my gosh. I just, I mean, it was like, literally let me cling on to somebody and be like, are you looking at this with me? And nobody was like, oh. I loved that. I thought that mm -hmm. was brilliant. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's such a great idea. You know? And I know that they had to make him look uh, younger or whatever, mm -hmm. but I thought, well, gosh, how else could you do that and have them age? <laughs> I mean, right. I don't know, but I love it bringing back those characters. I just, I just thought that was, I was just so glad that they did that. I mean, honestly, I, I was really, I was ready for Stu's character, like the character of Stu to show up. So when I saw Billy, I was like, shut up. And it was just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like really, there was just nobody there to, oh my God with, but I thought it was great. And I love, I mean, so many callbacks to the original. I mean, it was mm -hmm. definitely for the fans and it mm -hmm. was for, it was for Wes. Like they did a really good job with it. And right. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with six because yes. I have a whole two movies in my head that they could do, but they probably won't. <laughs> they probably won't. But boy, do I, I have want, ideas. <laughs> I would love for them to like, I don't know, have a dream of one of these characters. Do a dream sequence. Do something. Mm, <laughs> no. Know? Bring and them I, back. And I always, always, always appreciate the nod to Randy Meek's character. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that. Randy's gone, but they still have a way to talk about him or in this one, just like the whole shrine in his sister's house. Like that was oh, crazy though. I think that's sweet. That was that was much. Look, Randy never they saying. shouldn't have killed Randy off. If they stopped with three, it would have made sense. He told you why he was killed. He did. He broke, he he broke did. the rules. Ah, he did break the rules. <laughs> he did. <laughs> now, do you ever go to any of like the conventions? No, I've never been to a convention. No. I See. hadn't even 
heard about conventions or anything oh. like that. I, it yeah. just seems wild to me. My friend Anthony, again, he and one of his friends just went a couple of weeks ago to one in um, was it Dallas, Cincinnati, and he got to meet Nev and Skeet and Matthew and Jamie. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like that's so freaking cool. Like, I can't even. Like, I want us to do that too, but I think it would mean more to me than it would Peter obviously so <laughs> if we went it would definitely be a for me thing which i appreciate like so much but <laughs> eventually event we'll get we'll get to one eventually we'll one. we just have to make sure they're all there yeah because like that was the great thing about this one it's like they were all there and i don't know if it was because of the the uptick of like the older movies with the new one there right i'm not sure why but it was just it was amazing like as soon as like they were announcing i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh this is so neat and uh, yeah. <laughs> now whatever um what kind of movies are you normally interested in watching well yourself i, I mean i actually like nonfiction. <laughs> uh, i like things based on a true story uh you know i like comedy you know i the only scary, well, I saw a lot of scary movies when I was younger, but only because my mom was really into scary movies. <laughs> so like by the time I was 10, I'd seen, you know, The Exorcist so and, yes. you know, because my mom was into all of those, you know, horror movies. Like she, I think she finds scary movies funny. Mm -hmm. And so I saw The Shining and, <laughs> you know, but when you're a kid, well, for me, when you're a kid and you see a scary movie with your parents and your parents laugh it's not that scary to you <laughs> yeah no uh, yeah i get that so it was fine but then when i kind of became you know a teenager i was like I, i'm not really attracted to scary movies <laughs> you know, now that i have a choice mm -hmm. you know? so i mean comedies are probably my favorite but yeah. um but i also love like documentaries it's fair i mean we're all over the place too i'm definitely more horror than anything but and you're more probably not know. horror yeah he's more not <laughs> horror than me but i mean we both like comedy mm -hmm. we both like action but i think action is like a different genre than it used to be because i yeah. feel like and there's subgenres for action because i feel like when i think action movie now it's like a marvel movie it's a comic book movie is action to me now rather than back when it was like you know your arnold schwarzenegger your jean-claude van damme and your Sylvester Sylvester and Bruce Willis like those were your action guys and mm -hmm. now you've got like Captain America you've got Iron Man you like those are the those are the action movies now in my head big muscles and a machine gun essentially <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I have a question for you when did you know you wanted to start getting um into the film industry and movies and whatnot um when when I was a little girl, it sounds so cliche. <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, I was in a school play in the second grade and then I caught the buzz or whatever. And so then I did theater in school and, uh, you know, took acting classes, took acting classes in college. And then in my 20s, I started taking film acting classes. So and that was just to see what it was all about. You know, um, I at the time, I wasn't like, oh, I'd rather do film than theater. That's not really true. But trying to branch out. And uh, so I signed up uh, with the local casting office in San Francisco, film and TV casting. And, you know, then they call you up to do, do extra work or whatever. And then I got a call um, one day to interview. I had to interview to be a stand-in 
really uh, on screen which doesn't always happen it probably usually doesn't happen but um yeah they wanted people to interview and i was in a play at the time but i didn't have a big part <laughs> and i had an an interview to be a stand-in on a sunday when i should have been in a matinee of this play that i was oh, in no. <laughs> so i asked this other actress to take my spot and i didn't tell the director <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that now, but I had such a small role and um, I said, hey, can you act my part? I got an interview for this job in Santa Rosa uh, and then I you know, drove up to Santa Rosa to interview and it, they said it was just between me and one other girl and I showed up and I uh, did the casting office, I mean the production office in Santa Rosa and I handed them my headshot and they said and I said hi I'm here to interview to be a stand-in for Neve <laughs> <laughs> and they were like it's Nev I'm like oh <laughs> off to a bad start <laughs> you know I'm like, oh, this this isn't good but um and then you know do you know do you know what a stand-in does and I said yes and blah 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 and then um they actually had a headshot of Rose there and Rose had dark hair mm -hmm. And they said, well, she's going to dye her hair blonde for the part. And, you know, and they had that different headshots of different actors. And then, you know, and they had a picture of Nev. And, um, and then, you know, we just chatted and that was that. And then um, I, you know, went home and then, you know, the director of the play grilled me for <laughs> leaving. But then I got a call from the casting office saying that, you know, I got the job. So that's awesome, though. That's very cool. Like, was it a structured interview or was it just besides the, do you know what a stand-in does? Like, did they have like questions prepared that's like, they were like, so Teresa. I, you know, I barely remember. I remember it was, I think it was the two uh, second ADs, um, Dan and Luce, I think were their names. I think they were the ones that were interviewing me. And I just, I just remember like, do you know what a stand-in is? You're available, confirming your availability. Um, they might've asked me if I was willing to cut my hair, you know, okay. you, you want to look like the actor as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Oh, then they asked like, um, you have accommodations, right? So that we don't, cause there was a lot of night shoots mm -hmm. and they didn't want us driving home after, you know, too far away so that we'd fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah. So it was questions like that. You know you have somewhere to stay you know i think you know if memory serves so yeah. that's fair <laughs> did, did you get to bring any props home besides those pants that you bought wow i'm curious i'm curious i can't help it oh i don't think i did nothing I think, oh my gosh well i saved a lot of my call sheets yeah so i have those and the pants oh wow I don't think I did. I was so tired. You know, you worked all these 12 hour days. Everything was just a big blur. And it took me about two weeks for me to recover. Cause oh. I was just going and going and going all the time. So sometimes you're not thinking straight because mm -hmm. <laughs> no. it's such a grind. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't sneaking away. Like one of the couch pillows under your shirt when you were leaving. See you next time. <laughs> if I had known, no, right? <laughs> seriously, because you were technically crew did. Mm -hmm. Did you end up doing any other things to help out around set or were you strictly stand in and just waited for them to say stand ins in? <laughs> well, um, yeah, we mostly, you know, it was mostly stand in and photo double work. Sometimes we were extras. Like there's a scene where it's going to be curfew, right? And it's curfew in the downtown and businesses are closing their shops. And there's a scene where Dewey's Jeep drives by. I'm in the back seat. 
It's not oh. Nev. <laughs> but it's so far away. You wouldn't be able to tell, except for my friends are like, that's you. <laughs> I love that. But though. it's so far away, you know, stuff that, like that's that. That's awesome, too. though. Look, I mean, you know, it's like you're in the movie. And I'm technically, my hands are in the your movie. Your hand? <laughs> and speaking mostly of hands, pretty much that. Um, Deborah Alexander, who was the stand in for, um, for Rose, her hands are all, all over the movie because since Rose's character uh, dies kind of early, Mm -hmm. um deborah had all this time on her hands and so they had her do all this photo double work using her hands for all of the scenes or most of the scenes the drew barrymore shots where drew barrymore unplugs you know a plug out of the wall socket that's mm -hmm. deborah's hand oh okay. um or where rose is dropping to her knees throwing beer bottles at the ghost in the garage that's deborah deborah was dropping to her knees oh. and throwing beer bottles and she got stunt pay for that she actually got upgraded Oh, oh nice yeah because because um, we were technically non-union because we were filming outside of the union zone the standards mm -hmm. were and then the stunt coordinator saw that deborah kept dropping to her knees <laughs> and throwing beer bottles and he was like that's a stunt and we need to pay her for it and so she nice. got bumped to, you know she got a tap hartley uh on that movie so that means that she could become union if she wanted to be so mm -hmm. so yeah so rosa stanton did a lot of photo double work so they'll do oh, wow. that sometimes I, I was just I was curious about that because you figure um the stunt doubles you want them to look similar to the actors too so I guess I don't understand why you have a stunt double and a stand-in and not just have the one person do the same thing or is there just that much work that needs to be done and time constraints you would have two separate people yeah well they, the pay is different so stunt doubles man they do they do you know a lot sure. <laughs> yeah. and so you know they have to be certified or whatever and i guess i guess you could have this the stunt double do stand and work i'm not sure why they don't do that maybe that's they're just too expensive to yeah. use for stuff that's not they're like no because then we have to pay them they, we have to pay them at that rate yeah you know, stunt doubles i'm sure get paid more than stand-ins do so they're like mm -hmm. no <laughs> yeah. unless Makes there's sense. a stunt no it's so, oh, the pay at the time was i think stunt doubles made more and then stand-ins and then photo doubles and then extras i think that was how it went okay. so stand-ins made a cer certain amount of money then well we're already there you might as well use us for photo double and uh for extras you, said it, was, you huh? said it was outside the union zone is that mm -hmm. like location zone or I, I don't i didn't understand what that meant right so san francisco has a union office so if you film over 50 miles outside of the union office you can you no longer have to pay union wages for the extras and the stand-ins. You can oh. film cheaper. So they found a location outside the union zone, Santa Rosa, over 50 miles, so that the stand-ins and the extras could be paid non-union. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So we were paid a non-union wage, but the actors are, are paid union because they have contracts, but we don't have contracts. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was non-union. I was technically non-union on that set. Okay. I mean, that's smart for the business, but also kind of awful for for the It's just employees. a way to save money, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like going to the grocery store with coupons. If you have them, you use them. I get it. Yeah, but you're talking I, about like people, people and I know. whatnot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you've got to cut corners no, like somewhere, I, I, I guess. Again, I, I totally know. get it from a business standpoint, mm -hmm. but ew at the same time for well, the, the stand-ups. People well, you know there, what? Yeah. That was probably the only one that had non-union background because if Scream 2 was filmed in LA, that's union. 
you know, yeah. and I and I don't know about Georgia. I don't know what Georgia's union rules are and where they filmed on location in Georgia for, you know, three, I think. Um, I don't know how that works. Or And then mm. they were in North Carolina, right, uh, for five? I think so. I, I feel like everything's filmed in North Carolina now, though. Really? A lot of TV, a lot of movie stuff. Huh. And Was I don't know the union rules for North Carolina. I don't know how it works, you know. Mm-mm. But, yeah, that's usually, you know, wherever it's the cheapest to film. That makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, that's logistically possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. So, Trace, I'm curious. You've got um, you're doing the the one woman show. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that came about? Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's not scary. <laughs> All right, never mind. That's- <laughs> <laughs> it's autobiographical. I started doing um, I started t- doing solo performance in technically 2013 i did like a 10 10 minute just 10 minutes a bit uh comedy about like you know being a cat person you know silly stuff and then i started taking classes on solo performance and then i started doing more uh serious pieces and i was always doing like 20 minute pieces short and sweet and this is my second full length uh 60 minute solo show this show is called born again in berkeley and nice. it's actually about being this is like this is not all about scary movies at all this no. is about being a christian uh in berkeley mm-hmm. and berkeley is very liberal and i'm not not liberal you know but there's a stereotype people have in their heads of when you hear christian people think oh she's a christian she's you know they conservative have, yeah mm-hmm. they're conservative so this is about me being a person of faith in berkeley and mm-hmm. The culture shock I had when I kind of moved over to the Berkeley area, because where I grew up was just a half hour away from Berkeley, but a whole other world, you know, a small town for Bay Area, uh, by Bay Bay Area standards. I grew up in a a one high school, one zip code town called Martinez, where everybody knows everybody. And it was probably like, you know, 60% Democrats, 40% Republicans. And then I moved over to the Berkeley area and it was like 99.9 <laughs> Democrats. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and the culture shock that I had that if I said I was a person of faith, there was this look like there's something wrong with me. So it's about that. <laughs> Very interesting. So you, you've written this yourself. Like, have you had anybody help you map right, out so- your... Right. So I take a solo performance class at this mm-hmm. theater called The Marsh. Uh, the Marsh it, Theater, there's two locations, one in San Francisco, one in Berkeley. And I take classes at the Berkeley location. And the teacher, we have a teacher who helps with script development. Okay. And so great. you write something and then he gives you feedback. And that's how you get your scripts done. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So every week I'd say, okay, how about this? And then he'd give mm-hmm. notes and then that I would write a script that way through him. And I would, I've taken lots of, I've been taking classes with him for years. His name's David Ford. And he's just this amazing, amazing person in regards to script development, just really intuitive and gets, gets the good stuff out of you. Yeah. Now I'm like, I don't know how anybody can write a script by themselves. I need help. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have an agent or a publicist that helps you look for roles or things you want to do, or is it something where you've really just kind of took like the helm and your done your your own like stomping ground? Like I wanted their open casting call for this, I'm going to go and do it. Or if right. you have well, I, help, I, you know, I don't have an agent. When I was younger, I had an agent, but mm-hmm. um, 
you know, agents haven't really helped me a lot. <laughs> you know? And I don't know if it's because the San Francisco Bay Area is a very commercial town. And so they have a very specific look in their head of what they want you to look like. Looks matter a lot. And I guess I didn't look like I could sell milk or <laughs> whatever. And so I've never had really a lot of luck with agents. So I just kind of, I just kind of gave up on them. And, but the plus side of that is the few times that I've gotten really good paying jobs, the checks have been mailed straight to me. Love that. <laughs> and the agent doesn't, doesn't get their cut because they're not representing me. I got the job myself. So that's, that's the awesome. That's the plus side of not having an agent. It is mm -hmm. harder to find work sometimes, but if you find it, you keep all the money. <laughs> that's beautiful. I'm just stuck on the next time I see a commercial for milk. I'm just going to shake my head. No, I wouldn't buy milk from that person. Where's Teresa? Where's Changing Teresa? the channel. I know. I cast I just, poorly here. I get. I, I just don't have the commercial look. I guess. Oh well. That's funny. Oh, man. Now, have you thought about writing any movies yourself? Well, like a script, like full, like full length feature kind of thing. So, in my head, you know, I'm. I love to write. I'm always coming up with ideas to write. Um, mm -hmm. But I've been so focused on this show that I'm doing right now that I haven't so much. But I have a friend who's written a full-length feature, and he's written a lot of shorts. Mm -hmm. And I got an idea in my head for a film, and I started the script, <laughs> as so many of us do. And then I kind of trailed off. <laughs> but I do have an idea in my head. And here's the crazy thing. It's a little creepy. And that's so not me. Creepo. No, I, no. It's everybody. We just don't know it. I guess I'm like, where is this kind of scary idea coming from? This is not who I am. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this really weird idea. So I've started a script, but I haven't gotten very far. Will it be funny too, though? I hope so. I have okay. this thing. And I, you know, when you write it, you write it with an actor in mind. And I have this mm -hmm. actor in my head. I'll just say it. Um, she was in Ozark. I don't know if you ever seen the show Ozark. Mm -hmm. We saw the first season. Yeah. Uh, okay, first season. Good. She's in the first season, and she is the actress who runs the Blue Cat. The, okay. the first. I think it's the bar, right? Mm -hmm. I forget. Anyway, I'm forgetting who she is, but I just have her stuck in my brain, and I started writing this story with her in mind. Nice. I, I don't know why some people you just need a muse sometimes to get yeah. the story going so that I haven't gone that far. <laughs> oh. Well, we definitely uh, if you do, we definitely want to know about it because well, we just love new things coming out anyway. And I appreciate someone that like tries their hand at it. And I mean, like we've talked to a lot of like independent filmmakers, and I just think it's so great that like they just have so much passion and drive and they just they're making these things come to life. And it's just like, wow, it's like, you're so motivated. It's like, when do you sleep? Well, that's the question though, <laughs> Teresa, when, when you finish it, would you just try to sell it or would you try to go the indie route and make it yourself? Definitely try to go the indie route. I have a friend who helps, uh, who helps struggling filmmakers to get it done. Beautiful. It's what he does. He runs a, a nonprofit called brave maker where he likes to partner bravemaker.org i think that's right <laughs> where he likes to partner with uh struggling filmmakers to help get their movie done that's beautiful and what's his name uh tony gapistoni that's a it wonderful is. last name gapistoni gapistoni, gapistoni. <laughs> <laughs> Love there, it. Is, 
good Mary Irish Cat. heritage there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So no, he would be the guy. I mean, he's the he's the cheerleader. He's like, how far, how how are you going with that script? How's it going? And let's shoot it. You know, I mean, he's That's someone awesome, you want though. on your team. So I would definitely, if I ever get the script done, I want to uh, go through him for sure. And you said right now you're currently performing the the One the show. How long do you see that running for? So uh, well, I'll have a performance uh, a week from Monday in Berkeley, but that's mm-hmm. just an excerpt. That's just a little short, a uh, little mm-hmm. 15 minute. It's a class performance. So it's everybody in my class. So it's six people doing about 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's a little, it's a showcase basically. Mm-hmm. So that's just like, you get a little taste, you get a little teaser. <laughs> so that's, that's Monday the 18th in Berkeley. Okay. And then I'll do the whole entire show uh, in Marin on April 30th, which is a Saturday at a place called The Quest in Novato. And that's a church. It's a liberal church called The Quest in Novato. So I'll perform uh, the whole 60 minutes on a Saturday night, April 30th. And then I'll perform the whole entire show again in San Francisco at a theater called Stage Works on Thursday, May 26th. Oh, wow. Those are, and so the only, those are the only dates I have so far. I mean, we'll see after that's that. Awesome though. Like that's just so much fun that you're just, are you nervous at all? Are you nervous? Yeah. You know, I always get nervous, but I, my, I guess my concern is I hope I do the show justice, mm-hmm. you know, I hope I'm sincere and I'm honest in my performance and, you know, you know, I, yeah, I performed in front of people for a long time. So I, I'm not so much that I get nervous about performing in front of people. It's that I want to do the show. Well, yeah, I guess I get that. Is it easier when it's your work, your writing, your story? I think it's harder because <laughs> you're more vulnerable. <laughs> you sure. know, it's easier for me to perform somebody else's writing. I'm not mm-hmm. telling on myself. you know so the first time I performed my own writing was in 2013 and I was only on stage for 12 minutes but I was so petrified because it was the first time I had ever performed my own writing and it was like oh great now they get to judge my acting and my writing (laughs) that if you perform somebody else's writing they can't judge you (laughs) on the script you know, if they don't like the writing, well, hey, it's not my fault. So hey, you got a little bit of a scapegoat there. Like, no, it, I was great, but the material. <laughs> That's right. This is what I had to work with. <laughs> but if it's your own writing, then it's like it's like a double judgment. So I think that's way more hard. No, that's fair. No, but I mean, like you just you have such this easy quality about you. I can't imagine anybody like just not like enjoying what you're doing up there easy quality yeah, like, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, like you're just you're you're very light and you're very like you you're you, you glow like you just smile and very natural very natural <laughs> and i mean a lot of people aren't a lot of people are like super stiff she is an rigid. actor though that's true. oh yeah, yeah. you do I have experience be, <laughs> i could be fooling you right now no you might be no. <laughs> great now we'll never know will we <laughs> Yeah, I'll like I'll I'll finish this and I'll be like, <laughs> God, they're the worst. <laughs> Can't wait to finish this interview. Ugh. Oh my god, that's no, amazing. Like that. <laughs> no, but that's very cool that you that you wrote it. You're going to perform it, mm-hmm. and then you've got the potential movie on the back burner. Do you have yeah, a working very, title very for back, that? Back, back burner. Say that again. Did you have a working title for it? Oh, the I movie? did. Yes, the working title for my 
very, very back burner. I've probably only written 10 pages of it right now. It's tentatively titled Border Town. Okay. That is, that is, and what I have in my head right now, it's about a woman who she's left the town that she grew up in for whatever reason, but she's back and she has un all these unresolved issues <laughs> that come out, you yeah. know, cause she, you know, she comes home and she gets triggered mm -hmm. and all of these, you know, negative experiences from her childhood come pulling up and it makes her just a little crazy just a little <laughs> a little a little <laughs> it's like, a gonna, let's see what's gonna happen to her you know when she goes home <laughs> i hope you finish it i really I, do well i, I yeah i do want to finish it i just it's i don't multitask very well so i'm just like super obsessed with my one person show right now and for sure <sighs> Just always, always just jot your idea. Like if you have something that comes to you, just like message yourself, like voice record yourself. Like, don't forget to add this because this is too good to forget. Yeah. I you forget things all the time. Like it's so ridiculous. I don't even know why I walk into a room sometimes. Right. I just have to leave. I'm like, that was pointless. Like, I don't know. Like, what am I doing here? And it'll so. keep happening the older you get. <laughs> I know it's terrible. <laughs> How big are the theaters that um, you're going to be performing this in? Oh, um, okay. So the next week's theater, oh, they're all smaller. I would say like 90 seats. They're just these, you know, smaller 90 seat theater spaces. Probably all of them are around that size. You know, it's an intimate setting. That's, I love that. When you hear like stand up comedians and people that, do um these shows they always talk about the the benefit of doing under a couple hundred people just mm -hmm. because of that it's more intimate than the bigger than the bigger venues so that's right i think cool. that solo performers and stand-up comedians they use the audience for their show they need to bounce off the audience the audience is part of the show mm -hmm. yeah so if you could get energy from the audience and you can see them and you can make eye contact with them and you can get their reactions and you can use it and i think that's I'm guessing maybe that's why stand-up comedians like that. Yeah. Because yeah. you know? if it's a sea of people, you don't necessarily know. Well, then they know. get to try out um, and, you know, the bounce the jokes off and they can gauge how and, it works. Yeah. It's an, honest, it's an honest opinion rather than your best friend saying, oh, that's great, even if it doesn't because they're your best friend. Well, it's either every, they laugh or they don't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And every audience is so different. You just never know what you're going to get. An opening night mm -hmm. crowd is very different from a matinee crowd. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, You know, energy level, town, city. I just. Oh, that's that's super fair, yeah. especially given um, the basis of it. Have you have you thought about how that's going to play out where you're who your audience is going to be and how receptive they'll be to it. So this is what I I'm trying to figure it out right now. Who, who is my audience? Always marketing wise. They always say that that's so important. Yeah. And it's, it feels like, cause I ran the show. I did it at the uh, rogue fringe festival in Fresno last month. And I had people coming up to me that I guess you would call them recovering evangelicals. People who had been disillusioned from the church. <laughs> and I feel like that might be part of my audience. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I did not see this coming. Okay. <laughs> you know? But now you're prepared if it happens. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, maybe I need to do the liberal church route. Maybe that's my tour. 
<laughs> you know? okay. I can, it could be. I can imagine the culture shock of somebody, especially somebody from a small town where everybody knows everybody and everybody sees, uh, you know, their, their neighbors in church or they mm-hmm. see, and then you go to a bigger city where it's so much more liberal and different and out there. Um, it, it's gotta be crazy. Yeah. I mean that I, it took me a couple of years, you know, really? Yeah. And I got really quiet too, because fortunately for me, I'm a mental processor. So, um, I just kind of like, you know, took it all in and, uh, didn't go off on anybody, but, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but I was like, oh, wow, this is different, you know? And I felt very much, uh, in the closet about my Christian faith because I felt like I would be so judged Oh. that it took me a couple of years to like find people who I'm like, okay, is this person a safe person, <laughs> you know? And so like the tagline, if that's what you call it for my show that my teacher wrote for me, it says in the San Francisco Bay area, but Teresa has a secret in the San Francisco Bay area where people are flinging open their, their closet doors. Teresa's not sure she'll be accepted. Help Teresa to come out as a Christian. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's fantastic. I love that. What a great concept too. Yeah, definitely. I'm saying we won't be able to see it. I am too. We're on the other side of the country. Oh, there's yeah, side. I mean, you know, I could always like send you the there's a link on YouTube if you want to watch it. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> I could send it to you, but I mean it's just not the same when you're there, but sure. <laughs> I love that. And you know, you could always take your show on the road. That's true. Well, that well, I yeah. If there were people that are saying, you know, uh, you know, we'll put you up. You know, we have a venue. We'll do the marketing because that's the hardest thing is getting mm-hmm. people to come. So if people are like, we have a crowd already waiting for you, <laughs> <laughs> then of course I would travel and perform my show. <laughs> Do you do a lot of social media self-marketing or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I do the huge, you know, <laughs> like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I have a blog and I write it in every night. I'm very faithful to my blog. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, where can people uh, read your blog? Uh, I guess it's WordPress. So is it WordPress.com or tbabe29? Okay. I think, I think it's tbabe29.wordpress. I think that's right. But if you Google T-Babe 29 WordPress, it'll pop up. Or if you even just Google my name, Teresa Donahoe, it'll show up. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Because we'll definitely have um, links to that stuff in the show notes when this um, when this comes out. Yeah. At some point, we're going to have a, a WordPress website for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's very cool. What's your blog about? Well... Before I would just blog about anything and I would only blog every once in a while mm-hmm. and then shelter in place happened. <laughs> yeah. And then I told myself I'm going to blog every night until we're not wearing masks anymore. And in California, we're still wearing masks. So <laughs> the day where we're no longer wearing masks, I won't blog every night. So I literally number every night, like day number 785. And oh, wow. I write about it. So it's just, you know, the reason why I'm doing that is because I wanted to document this is what it looks like to live through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm such a fan of documentaries that I thought I wanted to document something myself. So, oh, and you know, a lot of the posts aren't about, you know, the pandemic at all. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but every once in a while it'll come up again <laughs> you know yeah 
it's just, it's, and it's kind of, it's really kind of just for me too. So I can look back and go, oh yeah, and see what I went through. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really big on uh, perspective. Like yeah. I want to see what I've learned, how far I've come, you know, all that. Well, what's great is perspective is such an interesting thing because so many people, everybody has gone through the same essentially two and a half years, um, but the perspectives are so different depending on the person and how they experienced it or even what they remember of how the beginning was. Because I mean, like you were out, you had to work every day during and like there were other people that just Mm. still haven't left their house if they don't have to. Yeah, a lot of places are just now going back to uh, back in the to office. Mass. And well, going, we're going back. They're recommending here in New York, in central New York, that we're wearing masks now. I haven't stopped because, yeah, you know, I don't like not being sick. Like, I, I like not getting anybody's anything, like not even COVID. Like, but I was going to yeah. say, um, oh, God. Oh, sorry. No, I said I learned my lesson. Um, so. California is more conservative in certain parts of mm-hmm. our state and I'm in the most liberal part, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody's got their mask on. But when I went to Fresno to do the Fringe Festival, it's more conservative and a lot of people were not wearing masks. So I was like, well, when in Rome, <laughs> I got so sick when I got back. <laughs> I was like, I'm putting my mask back on. Lesson learned. <laughs> Well, I mean, just with us, I mean, like, you know, we get those days right now where high 60s and then it's like 30 and like snowing again back and forth. Like, it's crazy. So, I mean, just the weather, I think people are getting sick. And at this point still, I think people are still I mean, they're assuming that it's probably COVID until they find out it's not. I will hold a cough if I'm out in public until I'm like, you don't want to be my eyes are like. Just bleeding yes. because I'm not like, going to do like, it. I can't do it. I can't do it. They're going to think I'm like carrying the plague. And it's like, yeah, no. But sometimes <laughs> you just have to cough. Like it happens. It's that scene from Monsters Inc. Yes. <laughs> Where they come out in the suits and they just spray you down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, no, masks are a great thing. Like I said to my mom, I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever not wear one again out because like it really has just saved me from like every flu and cold and anything else that's going on out there. You just there. like being able to hide your facial expressions when someone says something dumb. <laughs> my, no, my eyes don't. My eyes aren't covered. Fair. Well, we've got, when you've got sunglasses on. Oh, that's true. But I also do like the fact that I only have to wear eye makeup and I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to do my whole face. It's like, great. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I definitely want to check out that blog though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do hope you send us the uh, link, the link <clears throat> to that yeah. show. She's so cute. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it has nothing to do with scary movies. I didn't really know. You'd it's okay. We're not just scary movie related. I, <laughs> again, that's my main wheelhouse. But for, I mean, in general, we love everything. Like, I just think, I just think it's a, a funny concept um, and an interesting concept. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious on what that perception was um and we like, want and we want people to see your one woman show and we want well, people to there's a lot of drama in it though too so i have to warn you i mean it's there's some jokes in it but it's actually kind of serious so i, I, I need to warn you <laughs> it's, it's okay we, we do serious here <laughs> i've tried yeah he tried <laughs> we don't do serious well but serious definitely happens no i tend to smile too much he does 
In fact, the more uncomfortable he gets, the bigger the smile gets because it's like, oh my god! What but that's also true face? for the funnier it is too. That's true. He just always smiles. Like it's I, great because you can't read it. It's just uh, I don't know what he's thinking. He's just smiling. It's like it's just Peter. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Wait, I've been married to that smile for years now. So a lot of it's years. Part, huh? A lot of years. A lot of years. How many years? On the 22nd, we will have been married for 16 years. Same day we've been together for 19 years in total. Wow. Okay. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Earth Day is our day. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if it snows. It probably will. <laughs> Poor the day we got married. So that's good luck, though, from what I've heard. Rain yeah. on your wedding day. It doesn't feel like it when you're wearing white, but <laughs> <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you want to chat about with us? Like I said, I don't want to keep you all night. And I mean, I'm just so happy that you chatted with us at all. Oh, I just, for me, I always want to, people have, um, you know, any questions about scream that sometimes when people ask me questions, it triggers a memory Mm -hmm. that, um, that I hadn't thought about. You know, you got anything. Yeah. I mean, we literally are fresh off watching the original well i wish we we knew this before we watched it because then we could have looked for her hands her hands her and hands. Wait, was it both hands or just one hand was it just the bedroom door or the bedroom door and the closet door that created that little lock? <laughs> really? like i think it was my right hand and it was just the bedroom door and i was just i knew it was the right hand i, it was I right thought it looks familiar oh yeah <laughs> oh man like, what do we have? Like, I'm, oh my gosh, I, I feel like I know this. You're movie. very on the spot. I'm on the spot with this because like, this is like my movie. Like I came into it. Like I didn't just want to ask you about Scream because oh, you know, exactly. you're a person. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but. And we didn't want to ask you about like, hey, do you remember any drama on the set? Was anybody like fighting with anybody? Like, no, we, don't want, boring. we don't want gossip like that. We want like, we want your recollections. We want your experiences. Uh, yeah. Let me ask this. You said from start to finish, it felt like you'd gone to film school. What was the biggest takeaway that you learned from being on the set that you've used in either uh, other projects or that you still remember that was a big lesson from being there? Um, I think just the flow of, of you know, rehearsal, uh, set up, um, you know, rehearsal, film it, moving on. So I just feel like the rhythm, all, all, all of what it takes just to film one scene, <laughs> you know? And um, I, so I just, I feel like the flow of actual film making I learned. And then, you know, when I did stand and work, when I got on other sets, I stood in for Adina Menzel on the movie Rent. Oh, and nice you know, as a stand-in, once you know what you're doing, you step on set, you know, you check in, you go straight to wardrobe and you get your color cover. So I think just the flow of filmmaking in general, I feel like is what I learned. Um, And just how much goes into it and how many people are behind it. It's just like so many people. And uh, for me, just the flow I think. And then, you know, at the end, there's all those credits and then people say, do you really need all those people to make a movie? <laughs> and I say, yes. <laughs> or I, so, sometimes people are really like, well, does, does, 
does a caterer have to make the uh, the lunches? Can't you just like serve people spaghetti? And I was like, no, because <laughs> it's you're working these intense twelve hour days. You need to give these people a hot, good meal. Yeah, you know, so food is important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It starts cool. to make it starts to make sense to you why so much money is spent on certain things. When mm -hmm. I worked on a um, it was a Robin Williams movie, and I'm spacing on it. But at the, every Friday they had ice cream <laughs> and that's for morale to keep people's energy up. You knew sure. that ice cream was coming on Friday, <laughs> you <it>. know, <laughs> so, you know, because you work such long hours, you could work, mm -hmm. you could work 14 hours in a day. And so, yes, you need all those people and you should spend good money on food. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember the concept behind the, the movie or anything about it other than Robin Williams being in it? Oh, well, I worked on, oh, I can't remember now, Bicentennial Man. Oh, okay. okay. And I was a stand-in for M. Beth Davids, who played opposite him. And I stood in for her for about six weeks. There was someone else, and then I took over for the other person. So I finished the film. So I went to the rap party for um, Bicentennial Man. Nice. Uh, Scream still has the best rap party, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and pre-shoot party. Yeah, that was the only pre-production, uh, you know, party i've ever been to since then wine you know. tasting party awesome. wine tasting party that just never happens that's where i found out who wes was i didn't even know it was wes it was just a man in a i think it was a deep purple blazer with a beard <laughs> oh my gosh. now with the rap party did you get the what was it, it was a bottle of wine that had scary movie on there i believe is what everybody was getting really yeah i, I wasn't in so. I, I mean, I thought I heard that from somebody. <laughs> that's very possible. I mean, I, I didn't get in on that if that was at the rap party. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, it's so, but I also didn't get swag either because I oh. wrapped the second to the last day of filming. And I think on the last day of filming, a lot of swag was handed out. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually wrapped <laughs> second to last. And I was so tired. I was so exhausted that I was like, bye. Like, I didn't think about it. Oh my gosh. But, <laughs> but my friend Jolene, who stood in for Courtney Cox, I think she filmed the very last day and she got the swag. <laughs> oh. oh my. Now I do know that on that um, one page on Facebook where I found you, the, the Woodsboro, page you post a lot of interesting stuff mm -hmm. is that are those your, like just your call sheets like where do you get all where'd you get all that stuff from um you mean just like the trivia kind of a thing like I just I know that I've seen things that look like articles and all that fun stuff like half of me wants to just go peek at that page right now <laughs> oh my gosh because like I just thought it was like so much fun it's like oh my gosh I'm like this woman's amazing I'm like I love that she like just has this stuff from there. It's possible that my friend Jolene posted that for me because she's the one that had a lot of. Okay. She had okay. a lot of articles. She had pictures from the rap party. I mean, she mm -hmm. was, uh, she was better about that than I was. Okay. There was somebody on the, I think it was a Woodsboro page that thought I was lying about working on the movie. So Jolene started posting all this proof. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that too. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I can't even. It's, you it were a part so of cute. Scream, you liar. And she was like, you're making that up. And I didn't even say anything. I'm like, I don't even care. And then Jolene just got in there and started posting all these photos. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the original we comments are not deleted. Making this up. <laughs> <laughs> original comments deleted. 
Oh, I called out the wrong person. <laughs> erase, 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 edit. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, is that it's actually not hard to, to do a stand, to be a stand-in. So there's no reason to lie about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like anybody can be a stand-in. You just sign up in a film TV casting office. And if you have the look, you could possibly work on a movie. You know, it's actually something that's accessible. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not that hard. And so. it's a great, it's a great way to get your foot in the door. Yeah. Because it definitely. could lead to, you know, like your other friend who turned into the stunt double because you know it yeah, yeah. You, yeah you learn so much about you know what it's like to be on a set it's just mm-hmm. invaluable information especially if your background is theater yeah. it's like oh this is a whole other animal you have cameras like right in your face and you don't have to be so big and theatrical for the camera mm-hmm. um, a lot of it's very technical you have to make sure that you don't trip over cable cords i mean you're thinking of all this other stuff while you're acting and all these people are staring at you, you oh, i would break everything i <laughs> I can't speaking, even not hit the mic sitting here because my hands just flop. True. Speaking <laughs> of breaking, and I don't remember if I told you this before. So, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's there was a breakaway table in the uh, hallway of Stu's house, mm-hmm. and it was their first stunt where it breaks, and I'm forgetting exactly what scene it was. Well, he, JB didn't know it was a breakaway table and he leaned on it <laughs> <laughs> and it shattered. <laughs> oh, no. And he, I remember this, he looks at me and he says, it's a good thing I got a few lines in this movie. <laughs> you know, because if that had been me, I think I just would have been fired. <laughs> oh, no. I would have said lose the standard, but you know, oh, he, they had, you know, he's, he was already in the movie. He had already had all these scenes in the can. They weren't going to fire him. But they just mm-hmm. replaced the table. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, it obviously did what it was supposed to. It broke away. You know, is, but. Is that something that would actually cost uh, somebody lower ranking their job? Just an accident like that? It could, depending. If, well, if you're a peon, if you were an extra, if you were doing extra work and you leaned on a breakaway table, they would let you go for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. So it's Hands like lose. to my side. Don't move. I'm a statue. You would definitely get fired for something like that, for sure. If you were just like, you're just an extra, even though it's that's horrible to say because you need extras to make your movie. Absolutely. But that happens. There's definitely a pecking order. And, um, yeah, if an extra were to do that, they probably would get fired. And which, you know, it kind of sucks because again, you need those people to make your movie. You should be mm-hmm. grateful that they're willing <laughs> to yeah. do it because when you do background work, it can be actually incredibly boring. There's a lot of waiting around and, you know. Now, okay. So being the stand-in position for Nev's character and you basically physically went through the motions of everything she did. Did you have to learn the dialogue too? Like, did it make it easier for you if you learned the dialogue? And it definitely like- makes it easier for you to learn the dialogue. You don't have to learn the dialogue, but mm-hmm. it will definitely make it easier for you. I, you know, cause I, when I got, on, I got on another TV show and they wanted us to memorize the dialogue and that doesn't always happen. It actually didn't usually happen, but mm-hmm. um, I get why. I just it, feel like with pacing, it's like you would know where you're supposed to be when you're saying I something. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good idea to memorize it if you can, you know, you mm-hmm. just, but you get handed the sides. That's part of the script just for the day. So you don't, you look at it and you're like, you got to start memorizing. I mean, you don't yeah. have to, but you know, it helps. So it's yeah, like, you, you got to sure. get on it and go, okay. And then I learned how to anticipate 
Okay, I think they're going to film the close up here. I would just learn how to read the call sheet and anticipate. Oh, I bet you they're going to film this next shot uh, next, you know, and I started to get like into the rhythm of, oh, I, I think I know what they're going to go for next. And um, yeah, but memorizing the lines definitely, I think, makes it uh, run smoother for sure. Do they give you a copy of the script? Or you said they just give it to you while you're there to they memorize? Just, they just give us the sides for the day. So that's just the parts that they're going to film. I never saw the whole entire script. So I actually didn't know who the killers were okay. until we got to the house. Nice. And so I'm just going along guessing like everybody else. I have no <laughs> idea, mm -hmm. you know? And then when we got to the house and then it was revealed that there were two killers. And then I was like, what? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> I had no idea. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, I just get the scenes for the day. That's I love, I love the idea that there's somebody that's that doesn't have the full script and they're just seeing it at that day and they end up ruining the take because you just have somebody in the background. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> no that way. That would be hilarious if like an extra did that, like while they're filming. <laughs> that is worth getting fired for. Yeah, that would be worth getting fired for. <laughs> Just hand to mouth, super loud. Oh my God, it was him. It's Billy. <laughs> I knew I would, it. That would have um, been hilarious. Really one of them. <laughs> now, did you have like a favorite scene that you went through the motions of? Hmm. Um, anytime there's any sort of quasi stunt work is really fun. There's mm -hmm. the scene in the bathroom where um, the ghost face is in the uh, stalls, right? Mm -hmm. And then Nev's like, she kind of looks and then she sees the boots or whatever. And then she runs and she hits the trash can and she leaves. So the AD, the assistant director said to me, hey, Teresa, can you run, slide, hit the trash can? <laughs> <laughs> and then exit because we were we had to rehearse the scene with the camera uh -huh. and i said yeah <laughs> and that was so fun so I that thought, sounds you know, like a stunt it was a stunt well, probably probably oh. but it didn't but it didn't hurt i was okay but um i thought it made me want to go i wouldn't mind doing stunt work as long as i don't have to fall out of a window because that i couldn't do <laughs> yeah but but the stuff on the ground is really fun you know, and um, I could so fall out of a window stuff. once. <laughs> <laughs> I fall off the bottom step, but I'm like broken for a year. <laughs> when they filmed um, Nev's stunt double falling out of the window, right, and mm -hmm. landing on the boat, the boat, was a boat. Yep. Mm -hmm. we all gathered around for that one, you know, because that's so cool to watch. Yeah. So we were all like, mm. <laughs> watch the stunt we were all like you know and that and i was just blown away i mean i had i was just so in awe whenever the stunt double was on set and, but to me i feel like those pop out to me as the most fun scenes mm -hmm. yeah did you have to dress just like her for each of the run-throughs you went through or was it just when they were like using like your hand for the bedroom door where so yeah, color cover where you don't have to wear exactly what they wear is okay mm -hmm. when you're just doing stand and work. But if you do mm -hmm. photo double work, then you got to go to the wardrobe trailer and they dress you just like them. Right? Okay. And it's funny, the scene at the school, she's wearing this red shirt. It's where she tells, she asks Billy, is your brain leaking? And mm -hmm. she's got the red shirt on and the brown coat. That red shirt, with the little flowers was actually from the gap. 
And I went to the mall like over the weekend and I found the shirt and I'm like, oh, this is the exact same shirt that's in the movie. So I just bought it. Love that. Love that. <laughs> and I just wore it to set twinsies. No, but. <laughs> I like that you so. can look at that two ways. On the one hand, that's awesome and twinning. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, oh, uh-oh, we have a psycho. Now, she, <laughs> now she's dressing like Nev. <laughs> no, they were like, oh, well, if you can get the shirt, yeah, you should totally get it. The wardrobe oh, said, awesome. oh, go, you know, go ahead and buy it. Um, so, um, so I owned, you know, the same shirt that she wore for, for that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so, but you do have to wear the exact outfit for photo double, but just similar color for stand-in. That's all. Interesting. I love that. Because who, who would have known? I wouldn't have known. Yeah, there's really so much more depth in in these um, in making a movie than I definitely realized. I mean, you're definitely giving us insight we didn't even know about it all. Layer. And I love that because there is so much to where there are so many working parts that nuances we just don't know about them yet. So I love learning. <laughs> That's all I've got. That's all, that's all you've got? That's all I've got. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's got to be more. There's got to be more we want to ask about the movie. It was 25 years ago. Like, oh, I want to like rattle your brain, but I don't even know. I don't know what else we can ask you that isn't like nonsensical. What does that mean? Well, it's like it, like not pertaining, like you weren't there for it or you didn't interact with them or you know, it's like, because I think when we were on the phone, you said you weren't really like as a stand in, you're not really allowed to talk to that first team mm-hmm. in theory, like you kind of keep separated from them. But you said that Nev was, mm-hmm. she said hello to you first. So it's not like you got right. in trouble. And that for rarely. Her. Right. So, yeah. So when you work, so the casting will tell you to not approach the talent unless they approach you first. Mm-hmm. So. On my first day of filming, so our first day of filming was this, the grocery store where they were getting ready to shop for the party mm-hmm. that night. And um, so I was just standing there and I saw Nev and then she saw me and then she came over and introduced herself. And that has not happened since on any other movie set I've ever been on. Really? <laughs> yeah, they oh. don't, actors don't, you know, come up and introduce mm-hmm. themselves, you know, because you're in your head and you're thinking about, you know, your your job. You're not thinking about other stuff but she did and um which was really cool Mm -hmm. you know not all actors are that down to earth but she was now did you get to did you have conversations with like rose or ski or david or courtney or matthew obviously you had your little exchange with jamie there which (laughs) was fun (laughs) um you know there's a part where i had to it was just for eyeline so Mm -hmm. the line where Sydney says, why, what was it, Jamie Lee Curtis in all these movies, or what? what is it she's saying, and she's reading all of the, the you know, the, the list of the horror movies, she's looking at them, and mm-hmm. uh, Tatum says, tits, see, so Rose said that to me, so, because Nev wasn't even on set, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say the line first, and then, for eyeline, Rose said the line to me. Oh, okay. Uh, she was so she sees me. She goes, "Oh, you want me to say it? Okay, for eyeline, got it." And so she was very cool about that. And then mm-hmm. um, the scene where Billy has been stabbed, and he's coming down the stairs, and he says, "Sid," <laughs> he said that 
to me, Nev wasn't even on set for that. <laughs> um, uh, Nick, the AD, said, um, uh, so he's, you know, Skeet's getting all ready for the scene. And he says, Skeet, you're going to say you're lying to Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, okay, you know, I line. So, oh, well, Matthew did say, Matthew Lillard is um, hilarious. And we were at lunch and we were, you know, with our little trays getting our food. And mm-hmm. he said to me, I can't remember how, uh, uh, we were talking about how old we were. And I was 25 mm-hmm. at the time. And he said, oh, so you were old enough to remember humping in the 80s. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then, and I think I posted this, I posted this on the Woodsboro site. The other scene uh, where, so when um so when uh matthew and nev are tumbling right before Mm -hmm. she puts the tv over him when they're doing a tumble they had to like when we were setting up that shot right so that means that i have to wrestle with the stand-in of matthew lillard right (laughs) okay so we're doing that motion and then they said hold that position so the position where you know where nev would throw the tv over uh matthew i had to freeze that so it looked like i was straddling the stand-in for matthew and matthew's watching us rehearse (laughs) and he says it's kind of like being in a porn huh oh my god i'm like (laughs) awkward (laughs) fun though like just how fun you know but he's just so nice i mean just you know, he's exactly goofy and funny and, you know, all those things that, you know, you want him to be, um, you know, super down to earth and approachable. Like, I'm sure that if I had approached Matthew and talked to him, I was so afraid to talk to anybody because, you know, those were the rules. But if I, but if I had approached him, he would have been super cool. You know, he wouldn't have been all weird. And, but anyway, yeah. Those are some of my stories. (laughs) I love them. I love them. And thank you for sharing them with us. That's so great. Are we, are we good to wrap? And are, are you sure there's nothing else you want to tell us? Anything at all? Anything at all? I mean, I just need people to ask me questions. Um, I can tell you, I can tell you that uh, Henry Winkler is so, so nice. Was he super nice? So he's exactly who you want him to be, right? I mean, he came up to me. That never happens. We were nice. filming Principal Hembry's scene, right? Um mm-hmm. And we filmed that on a set in a warehouse in Santa Rosa. And in the warehouse, there was a basketball hoop and people were shooting hoops in between takes. And I, you know, trying to like do it or whatever. And he came up (laughs) to me and he he came up to me and he said something like, oh, did anybody tell you that you have a good, you know, layup shot? Or I don't remember what he said to me. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, all I could think was, oh my God, the Fonz is talking to me. You know, so I, I mean, I think about him, Mm -hmm. you know, and how cool he was, you know? Yeah. I don't know why he had to get killed off. Well, somebody had to. Some people did, but why, why did the principal, he was, he was such a great character. Because it's scarier that way. Actually, I love, I love the scene right before he gets killed. When. The janitor. 
Well, I love that too. <laughs> no, just just the the like the angle where in his pupil you can see the ghost face mask coming at him. I just think I thought that was just amazing. I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's so over for him, but I love that shot. Like it was so good. And then I heard that like he actually had his actual Fonzie jacket in his closet there. Oh, like, that's so smart. Right. I was like, how fun is that? That's and, brilliant. I love that. Yeah. And the part with the janitor, I guess Wes Craven actually wore one of freddie's original sweaters right when he was in that and i just thought that was really fun too like just yeah. bringing it all together like having it connect having it be it's just so much fun i really yeah. do love this i really do love this movie no i, I remember even... when we filmed wes's cameo so mm -hmm. a lot of the actors before they start uh, rolling they'll jump up and down to get their energy up mm -hmm. and i I think, I don't know if Wes just thought that was funny. So then when Wes was getting ready to film his scene as the janitor, he just starts jumping up and down. <laughs> it, was like, it was like he was making fun of the actors. He's like, wait, and he just starts jumping. <laughs> That's great. I mean, the whole movie poked fun at the genre. So it's even better that off camera, he was poking fun at the people in the movie. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, man. That's it, fabulous. It really was. I don't know if it was ahead of its time, but it was just such a different movie from anything else that had come before it or even during that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, Kevin I, Williamson made a great script. I just remembered something now. Um, so my really my only interaction with Wes besides my hands was, so I had a, <laughs> I had a reputation for, uh, chewing gum on set and i guess you really shouldn't do that <laughs> because well because your face is in the monitors and it looks mm -hmm. like oh yeah and i would chew gum on set and, <laughs> and people would come up to me other crew and they'd say you know you really shouldn't chew gum on set and i'd be like huh and then my last day of filming which was the second to last day of filming wes looks in the monitor and he looks at me and i'm like <laughs> and he says oh Teresa I'll never forget the gum <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I was like what are you talking about <laughs> when you offer him a piece I know I know <laughs> it's like why didn't I stop chewing gum what's wrong with me <laughs> it made you memorable it sure yeah. did give you yeah. a uniqueness that separated you from the rest of like, the crew I remember me I'm the one that chews gum <laughs> never remembered you because of the pants i mean it's great you made your you made a mark like that's you left right your mark i love that oh she's the gum chewer in the pants i remember right. her. <laughs> oh, man. that's awesome though what an experience and then it's got to be kind of surreal too to have it ha have been so long ago and there's still such a following. active following yeah. and community for it that you got to be a part of on such an uh, on such a big level right that kind of blew my mind especially um you know online groups started happening and mm -hmm. you know i didn't really get it and i really really didn't get it until i attended i guess it was it screamoween or um when they had I, th I don't know if the first one was called screamoween but um where they had the event at the house where they filmed stew's party scene at tamales bay right and um, 
that's when I really saw the following, you know, meeting these people in person. And I mean, that really like blew me away, you know, and, you know, we had a Q&A there and all these fans had come from all over to stay the night in the house. <laughs> it's Stu's house. <laughs> yeah. So. Were they all like dressed as characters or just some, some of them were, it yeah. was kind of amazing. Well, definitely for Screamo Ween for sure. Because mm-hmm. I, I've gone to the house a couple of times since then. And um, yeah, you know, people were like just up there. I, I went as Nev is just easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, so yeah. there were like a hundred Casey Beckers running around there with you know. that white cable knit sweater. <laughs> so big clunky phone <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah so that kind of you know that's but that's really fun to be part of something that has such a following you know i mean so i'll always talk about it it doesn't bother me at all when people ask me questions about it and mm-hmm. i don't know if people think that you know i get sick of talking about it but i don't and what's amazing is how much i remember because it was one of the first movies i ever worked on so i remember it yeah. It's like you never forget your firsts, you know. For sure. So no, that's fair. And I think I definitely I didn't want to come on too strong with Scream too, because I know that you it was something you had done, but you've done other things as well. Yeah. And I don't know if you only get um talked to about Scream. So if you were sick of it or like, ah, we're doing Scream again. Like just yeah. let us like, yeah, we definitely want like, where are you now? Like where, what can we see you doing? So yeah, no, I mean, and no, I, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm not sick of talking about it at all. That's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome though. Because it definitely is an experience for a lot of people. Like there are people that just love, I mean, more than me, love this movie, like more than me. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I love it, but I mean, there are people that are like, House is just filled with memorabilia. And I'm not even mad. Like, I'm not mad about that. I wish I was more on their level. He's probably glad I'm not because the house would be filled with. It really would be. But (laughs) no, like, I just, I think that, I think that it's amazing that you are part of such a community (laughs) with that because I can't not touch that. I'm sorry, my fingers. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Teresa, my fingers. (laughs) Um. I have this thing where my hands always get in the way. Oh, okay. Like the mic, it's like right there. Oh, okay. And I've got these big hands. And then there's a cord that I wish wasn't on my headphones because hands fly and sometimes <laughs> the thumb like just gets in there too. It's a mess. And I always get the side eye from him. It's like, you're moving again. It's like, I can't help it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely... I, uh, what's going to happen is Michelle's going to end up emailing you or messaging you like 80 other questions like oh my god I wanted to ask you about I this and- you that. I should have asked you that and I'm the worst and that's okay that's okay but this was a lot of fun that just means we're going to have to be like friends and just chit chat and whatever <laughs> when, when you have time and again yeah, no, you- I, if you want to email me questions that's fine that's awesome <laughs> and I, I mean we do we're looking forward to the link you're going to send us <laughs> no you don't laugh we can't wait to see that and we are definitely going to keep our like ear to the ground for your back burner script that you will finish you will finish it border 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 town because i want it to be borderland like the game but i knew that but was I wanted wrong to be like border city but i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> but no like thank you so much mm-hmm. we're gonna 
well, I mean, that's a wrap until next time we've had Teresa Donahoe with us tonight. We've been talking about Scream. We've been talking about her one woman show and the potential for an amazing movie script that's going to be coming our way in the near future. <laughs> we, you will find links to her information in our description. So if you want to get in touch with her and see what else she's been in, definitely check it out. You've been wonderful and so much fun. And thank you so much for chatting with us. Well, thank you for having me on. It's, it's always fun to talk about it. I love it. Amazing.